big win for BYU, getting the win in overtime against USC, 30-27. to Hans Olsen, Will Snowden, it is your postgame show. Will, you were a couple of points off, but your prediction was pretty much spot on, man. You're the only one on the zone that picked it. You're one of the very few in the nation that picked it. Uh, help us understand what you saw and what you thought and, and how it played out to the points to some of the points that you've made. At the end of the day, Hans, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel wonderful right now, obviously. But what I saw is a, a coaching staff that is working to get better every week. And there was no way I would think that they would come in for such a big game, so such high stakes, right? For the world to see, ABC, the world just saw Brigham Young, USC, Brigham Young win. And I believe in the coaches. Obviously, they came out, put together an unbelievable game plan. How about the defense? How about the offense? How about the OC? How about the DC? How about Gennaro Guilford putting together an unbelievable game plan for his DBs? They played great. Man, I feel like a billion bucks like the rest of cougar nation <laughs> let's go <laughs> man you know if we can't have a little bit of fun on these post game shows why would we do it i do want to remind everybody that if you're looking for the utah post game show it's on 1280 the zone if you're looking for byu keep it here on 97.5 fm you can follow us on the apps as well if you want to go to 1280 thezonecom you can get us on that 97.5 stream and you can hear everything on podcast a little bit later Will Snowden, Hans Olsen, live at JCW's in Provo at the Plumtree Shopping Center. If you're just getting out of this game, come down, have a burger with us, hang out, listen to some post-game. We're going to be taking some calls as well. I'll throw out the number, but really we've got a lot of breaking down to do. You kind of just went through the coaching staff right now. As I'm watching this game, I guys played inspired. You know, Kairos Tonga played inspired. Diane Guanaloco played inspired. There were, there were guys that played up above their pay grade, but I'm talking about a couple of picks that came out of what we were talking about, shutting down your windows. Don't try to be smart and try to rush a guy that's getting the ball out in under two seconds. Shut down the windows, and they did that. Talk about the things that they did defensively to shut those windows down and help people understand what I mean when I say shut down the windows. Well, at the end of the day, what, what, what you're talking about is really they're, 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 let the quarterback sit back there and have to make decisions. And, and, and at the, we got pressure with three. Kairos Tonga was a man today. He just signed. He just put it when, when, when the scouts look at film, when they look at film, this, is a, this will be a lesson of why Kairos Tonga will play in the NFL for a long time. If he can keep this same type of motor where he's going to just beat up the A-gap, just beat it up just like he's a drummer. I thought he was the greatest drummer in the world today, Hans. He was drumming like you wouldn't believe. I had to start feeling sorry for that poor sinner. His head is rattled. His mother is sad. His sister doesn't even want to claim him. It's that bad. He got the... He got it beat. He's calling. He's calling Lane Kiffin, trying to figure out how to handle the talk on the bus after he gets off the bus at the time. Uh, I mean, like, how, how do I handle what's about to happen to me? It'll like this, make him a better man, though. It'll make him a better yeah, man. Every man should be beat like that one time in their life. That was rough, though. It like, was rough. He he was playing on top of the quarterback pretty much all day. It was rough, and and getting his hands up. So at the end of and the day, by the way, it was more than Tonga too. It was Faltea. All of them. Mahe, all of them were dominating the middle. Hey, tell me about this. What do you have to say about that, Mike Backer? 
What do you have to say about the backer who's just, who hasn't played backer in college? He's on his third start. He's coming together. He's making tackles. He's filling gaps. He's playing in the lanes. Uh, the, the quarterback today, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I'm impressed with the young kid from USC. They've, they've got a future with him for sure, but this was kind of a recipe for success. I knew that Brigham Young would contact Washington and say, how have you beat Washington State? How are you doing this? And what you saw today is they did not play any man, very few men. You saw some cover six where you had Diane playing man on one side and zoning up the other side. It was just a brilliant defensive effort. And what I loved is what was the total carries that Tyson had? And I'm okay with Tyson not having 23 if you're going to get the other kid, uh, the Supka kid, I don't know, he probably had five, six, seven carries. So they probably were around that 25, 26 carries between the two of them, which I think is a pretty good stat. If you want to join us here on the show, you can call 855-960-ZONE. That's 855-960-ZONE to jump on with Will and I if you've got questions or thoughts in this game. Will, let me go through a couple numbers, and then we'll get into some of your thoughts on Tyson Williams. Tyson Williams, 19 carries, 100 yards on the day. Emmanuel Asupa, 6 carries for 14 yards. Nothing outside of Tyson Williams it, really that impressive. But Tyson averaging 5.2 yards per carry against this USC defense. Zach Wilson, 20 of 33 for 280 yards. 20 of 33 for 280 yards and a touchdown through the air. And no interceptions. No interceptions. And he had a touchdown on the ground as well. And Dianguana Loco ended up with the touchdown on uh, on that play uh, as well. So you've got um, the one receiving touchdown going to Dax Milne. Beautiful a route. Dime. Beautiful, a beautiful route, route tree. And a great ball. And, and if you watched it, it was a, a trip set to your right, and you watched the two underneath routes that draw the, the, the one over top. They kept one over top and tried to fall back, but Milne beat him to the end zone, and it was just a beautifully placed ball and an, an extremely well-caught ball. And let me explain to you. I, I, you can't say enough what Dax did. He's running the route, and he never gave uh, – he never he, he never showed his card on where the ball is. That's very hard for a DB when you're running and trailing and you're trying to identify where that ball is and you're kind of chasing and Dax did a wonderful job obviously the ball was dropped right in the pocket but he did a wonderful job of just tracking the ball and not putting his hands up too soon to make a play to to try and catch the ball because that DB could have made a play on it perfect play, perfect ball, perfect catch man what a day. What a day for Dax Milne and what a day for really all the receivers across the board Gunnar Romney, three catches for 54 yards. Tell me what you saw from the uh, young receiver, the big-time receiver, uh, big-time recruit receiver, Gunnar Romney. Oh, man. Hey, the, the guy, he showed up. He showed up today. I, I was really happy with the receiving core, but once again, I think they, we were able to keep UC. USC's defense was never comfortable. They were never comfortable today, and and, that's, and I think that comes with a strong running game, controlling the line of scrimmage, being more physical, and wearing these guys out. They wore them out, and uh, gosh, I, what, what else is there to say, man? I'm, I'm so on fire right now. I might get a, a, another milkshake. I, I don't know. No, I think a milkshake might calm you down, bring you down just a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. I want you to talk about the three interceptions, including the interception we just saw in overtime to seal it. What? How Isaiah Kafusi with a pick, 
Peyton Wilger with a pick and Diane Guanaloco, each with interceptions in this game. And, and, and let's talk about the windows. So let's get back to the windows. How many picks could they have had today? Five or six. Yeah, there were th- at least three others that were tipped up so, and looked so, like So picks you're saying two. five or six opportunities for interceptions. It's just huge in this type of game. Uh, but uh, I think that USC, they, they, they got a little bit of kryptonite tonight. You know, they in the, in the Pac-12, you'll see guys try and line up and play a lot more man against you because they feel like they have the dudes who can just man you up. And tonight, the quarterback, the, today, the quarterback got really challenged having to make decisions, having to make throws with a lot of people dropped. I knew, I called it at the end of the game as we were watching. I said, he's going to try and throw it underneath, right in the middle, and I thought that we would have a pick. That was the last, the last play. That's what I said. I knew where he wanted to go, and obviously the, the BYU did as well. They, do, they drove on the ball, tipped it up, and, and, and what can you say? Diane made a huge play. Close the game. And I, earlier in the game, I told you that this was a trap. The trap had been set. The Cougar trap was tra- set. They stuck their paw in there, and, and the Trojans are going home sad. There's a lot of people that lost money in Vegas. A lot of people lost money in Vegas, and now they've got the Utes. Now they've got to prepare for the yeah. Utes. That old line has to prepare for the Utes, and they just played a D line that. It, it, uh, okay, let me throw a question. Uh, will, will they see Helton as the head coach? I don't know. Does Clay Helton make it through this week? Still the head coach of the USC Trojans. I can't answer that. I, I can't answer that. I, I think that he probably will. I think they'll probably give him another shot. Um, and also, can they fire him yet? They haven't even brought in the AD yet, right? They haven't yeah. announced the AD. So I think Clay will be there. And, and I really am a fan of Clay. He's trying to figure it out. And at the end of the day, he just got out class today. BYU came to play. The fans were wonderful. It was loud. Caused a lot of issues for that for that USC team. And uh, Kalani coached his for his life. I, I gave Jake. Oldroyd, the game ball uh, last week against Tennessee, he had a 43-yard field goal that was absolutely clutch. And then he hit this overtime field goal to give them the three-point lead that eventually gave them the win after that interception. Uh, He he has made so many big plays. He did have one miss today, um, but he was 3 of 4 on the day. His long was 43 at 12 points for BYU. Again, Jake Oldroyd coming up big in the special teams department. He's been great. I mean, the kid has just I, what I, what I, what we say last week, pay him his money. Pay him his money. I, oh, he just got paid. He just got put on scholarship. Yeah, he finally got put on scholarship. There's just no question that the kid has it. But, you know, giving out a game ball, this is a team win. Defensively, it's a team win. Offensively, it's just a team win. They just did what they needed to do. And how big did Zach come up and come up with that scramble, make it up the middle, and let the ball go? And how big was the catch by Romney? Well, and then remember the Zach Wilson uh, draw that went up the middle for, for a touchdown, touchdown, where he ran that what was it, fifteen twenty yards? Oh, very, and showed some burst, and he showed some guts. Yeah. He showed some guts. He dove that ball in there. Man, it was inspiring. Uh, really, just a lot of great play across the board. Yeah, BYU had to play their best game. They had to play their best game against this USC team, and they did it, and they got the win. If you're just tuning in, BYU winning 30-27 to against the USC Trojans. If you'd like to jump on the show, 855-960-ZONE. That's 855-960-ZONE. If you're just getting out of your car and you're listening for some insight in how BYU was able to get this win and you've got some questions, 855 855- 
960 zone to jump on the show with us. We talked about USC's ability in three-man rushing to get some yards. Between Vavai Malapai and Stephen Carr, you thought, well, you know, you got 180 yards, 150, 180 yards between the two of them. Malapai was held to 96, Carr was held to 22, and USC was held to 171 total yards rushing. Talk about the defense that you saw. Even though they were dropping back and, and keeping eight guys in protection, what were they doing to stop the run? <laughs> well, what was happening is everything starts in the middle of the field. When, when Kairos Tonga is absolutely decimating the center, putting him back, that messes up every single thing that's trying to happen with the running game. You're, there's, it, they're getting, it was just too much penetration. The penetration was there, getting dominated. Now, late in the game, you see they started bringing that. They had to help over the, over the nose. But, fi- but, but the 3-D the linemen, that whole group of D linemen played absolutely out of their mind today. They played out of their mind, every one of them. J.J. Nwigwi, I mean, the guy, what a smart move to move him from tight end to the interior D-line. He's playing like a man, and he's given a good amount of depth, and he he comes in with great energy, great tempo. Man, I just can't say enough about the win. And, 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 you know, they can celebrate it, and it's on to the next. Washington has to get ready for BYU because they got a juggernaut in trying to play Hawaii. I know that there were a lot of strange moments. I think the BYU fans are probably getting in their car and they're kind of scratching their head like, what happened there? Like, what happened on the, on the fourth down attempt, on the first attempt with the timeout? What happened on the 35-yard run where they called the illegal chop blocking? Help me understand, what is the, the NCAA rule on chop blocking? What did the, those officials see and what did they call? You know, it's very interesting because he wasn't coming inside. So you can't chop someone coming inside, right? So if you have an inside backer and you're a slot, and you come inside and chop a guy and we're tossing the ball to the sideline, you cannot chop him. But the but he had – that was just a terrible call. I don't understand where it came from, and I, I'm pretty sure the NCAA, the refs, when they evaluate it, they're going to realize that was a bad call. All right, let's jump out to our first phone call here on uh, the post-game show, 97.5, 12 to the zone. If you're looking for Utah Post, it's at 1280. You keep it here for BYU Post. Until we get done with callers and we get done with analysis, we go to Robin first. Go ahead, Robin. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, hey, I'm Robin. actually a Utah fan, but what a game. We, we were just discussing where we're at. We want BYU to run the table from here on out. That'll help our RPI. <laughs> After that first drive, BYU totally outplayed them. They deserve to win. And I hope they do good next week against Washington. But uh, go Cougs. We love Kalani. We'll take care of there you go. Thanks for the call, Robin. And I do know Utah fans, they do love they love Kalani. And Kalani deserves to get paid. I just talk about this, Will. Now beating Tennessee and beating USC on back-to-back weeks, you know, difficult to go on the road to Neyland Stadium, difficult to have a Trojans team that found a lot of momentum against Stanford last week, even though Stanford looked really bad again this week. But they found that momentum. Those two wins... Those are two impressive wins. I mean, we we said two and two to start the season. 
would be a hell of a start. They've got a chance to beat Washington next week. A very good chance. I mean, and, and, and it starts with belief. It starts with belief. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, those guys are believing. Um, there is no question. I mean, it, it's just when we talk about it, it's the most silly thing I've ever heard in my life that Kalani is not contracted up. It's the dumbest thing in the world. And actually, uh, this is what we need to be really f- fearful of, is that Kalani wins nine, ten games this year and someone else comes knocking. I don't know if BYU's ever thought about that. What if Kalani w- wins so many games this year and then someone else comes knocking asking for Kalani? If he wins nine games this year, somebody is going to come knocking. Th- that's what people need to hear. Like, wait, you understand that you could end up losing this guy because you don't want to sign him. If, if You don't want to actually let him know. Because I, deep down, I know Kalani saying, man, I mean, it's been that bad. I've been that bad. Yeah, I, like I didn't deserve. Uh, at least, uh, for instance, Western Michigan extended their coach just before the bowl game when BYU and Kalani Sataki pummeled them. Yeah, it, it's kind of silly. And, I, and he I've had been, two years left. Exactly. I've been quiet about it, but I, I'm not going to be quiet any longer. They have to extend, and they need to extend ASAP. And if they don't extend, Kalani should be looking for someone who wants his services. Because this is a this is not the easiest place to go and beat a school like USC. This is not the easiest place to go and beat a school like Tennessee on the road. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. You know, cry cry me a river. I, I don't care anymore. Get him paid. Get him contracted up. Let him know that the fans love him, that the state loves him, and that he is he is BYU football. And until they do that, I'll, you know, I'm going to scream it from the rooftops. And I've been quiet about it, but the guy has coached his guts out the last – the. I mean, he's put it all on the line. Did you see the emotion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, no, you have to understand – that. You have to understand that any athletic director in the country that watched Kalani win that game with that emotion, you think to yourself, I want someone who loves, my, loves our program and our kids like Kalani Sataki does. So I hope Tom's listening to me. I have nothing but respect for him. I hope the whole organization's listening to me. The university, get Kalani paid. Stop being silly. Get him paid. Tie it up. His staff is doing a great job. It is what it is. Let's move forward. Well, you certainly hope that that they can at this point, that they can step in and and make Kalani happy. I, he, they, they need to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and really, he's done a really good job of making them look silly for not having come in and extended him. So they put together a really difficult schedule. Obviously, another loss against the rival Utah. That's really painful. Look, if they if they would have beat Utah, then I think that you better have a contract written up by tonight. Like you better have some type of extension by tonight. He's got two more rivals in front of him in Utah State and Boise State that yes, he's got to do work against. Great schools too, great teams, and it's and nothing's just and 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 we have to also be realistic. Like oh, we should just kill Utah State. No, we shouldn't. That is a real program with real coaches, with real athletes. So I'm not going to sit around anymore and act like this is 1992 or 96 when I played in the 90s where Utah State was not in the game. They are in the game. They are very good. Do I think that BYU can beat Utah State? Of course I do. But it's not going to be Utah State rolls over for Brigham Young University. And let's talk about Boise State. They're going to come and they're going to be ready to play. I don't want to hear silliness like that's a walk in the park beating Boise State and Utah State. It is not. Kalani Sataki finding a way to get a win against a big team in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That was a big feat. Really nice to see him get a win against USC in that stadium. Really nice to see Kalani Sataki's team in a nail-biter, a close game, make the plays that they need to make 
to get that win. Oh, man. You know, you, you think about some of the plays down the stretch that they had to make. Think about USC, an opportunity to take it down the field and ice that game with a touchdown, and BYU's defense comes up huge. Yeah, think about BYU getting the ball back with six minutes left, and in 15 seconds they're in the end zone with the lead. You know, now I understand USC came down. They kicked a deep field goal. It was cl- it was a clutch kick by that USC kicker to push it to overtime. But then think about BYU getting in position, a reverse, trusting Oldroyd to knock through the field goal in overtime. Oldroyd knocks it through, gets the three, and then BYU with a huge defensive step, uh, getting the interception. And then watching the BYU fan base come on the field. And did they push him back off? Explain what happened there at the end, Will. What, well, they, what was going on there at the, in the very final moments of that? Well, they were actually checking to see if, 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 if Dyan had made the catch. Right, so they had to actually take it to review. Obviously, the fans had already rushed the state, rushed the field, um, fired up. I mean, the, the fans were excited, and uh, they would have had to push everyone off the field if he would have actually dropped the ball. But he made the catch, and man, that would have been even if they had to, that would have been pretty tough for that kicker to get him get his mind together after he'd just been pushed off the field and you know all that excitement, so much uh, you know up and down in such a short period of time. But that was what was going on, um, and Diane did make a great catch. There. Made a fantastic catch. I mean, that was a big-time play. That, that's what I'm talking about, though. Big-time plays. These coaches got their players into position to make big-time plays. I want you to talk about the defense on the perimeter. USC was not able to hit the edges. They weren't able to hit the edge. Carr is a very capable running back off the edge. You know, he was, he was able to produce against Stanford off the edge. And number seven for USC multiple times came running downhill off the edge and you saw Max Tooley, you saw Chaz Ayu in the backfield, you saw multiple times he was bumped wide by a defensive end. Talk about what BYU was doing defensively to keep that outside rush down. Well, uh, I mean, you've got to just you you got to just call it like it is. I mean, they were dominating them from from at the line of scrimmage. It all starts at the line of scrimmage. And listen, USC, they did some things. They stayed in the game. They fought hard. I do think they got a little bit tired. I think that defensive line and offensive line really got tired. I think that altitude got them a little bit because of the motors that BYU was, the way that they were rotating in their defensive linemen and those guys were coming off the ball. Um, So, you know, they 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 did everything right. They did. BYU played a really good game. The backers, in particular, really played well as as well. They shut down the edges. All right, let's jump out to the phone calls and eight five five nine six zero zone. If you want to jump on with myself and Will Snowden, if you got questions or thoughts about this big BYU win, we'd love to take them. Uh, Will Snowden, he hit it in his predictions in the pregame. I, I'll tell you, yeah, I, I thought USC was going to come in here and get the win. You know, I, I fully admit that. And I'm glad I'm wrong because this is a big win for Kalani, and I'm always happy to see Kalani get a win. And, and it's really nice to see BYU get wins like this. We'll jump out to Garrett. You're up first with uh, Will Snowden. Go ahead, Garrett. Yeah, man, the Cougars are back. <laughs> we had three defensive linemen rushing their team and were able to get pressure and stop the rush the entire game. I mean, you got Utah coming up next week. Utah, you need to shut up and go back to your own house. You can't even draw 
25,000 people when we draw it. 12,000 people to Tennessee. I'm over it. We're back. I love Kalani. I'm done. <laughs> there you go, Garrett. Yeah, have a good one, Garrett. Hey, take it easy tonight, bud. Yeah, it's slow. Garrett uh, having some fun tonight. That's great, man. And and I agree with you though, Garrett. Like it was it was a really nice victory for BYU in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You know, uh, we'll talk about how nice it is to see BYU get a win and protect Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Oh man. Well, let's be. They they had not won a big game. I mean, they had not won. We they had not won a game in a, a big game. I mean, when's the top twenty-five? We wouldn't be the top twenty-five team at home. It's been quite a, to- a long time. I mean, I, yeah, I don't. I don't have the exact. It, it's stat been a while though, so they needed that game. And, and let, let's just face it. I mean, we, it goes back to the coaching staff. All of these guys. I mean, I, you know, I talk to coaches every day. There's not a day that goes by in the week that I don't talk to at least one coach on the staff. Yeah. This week I spoke to four coaches on the staff. These guys were leaving the, were the, leaving the office 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning every night besides Thursday night. Thursday night's about 11, 30 at night. They want to win. They're, putting it, they're, they're burning the midnight oil, and they're doing what they can to prepare their kids, to prepare those kids to, for, to really succeed. And uh, obviously that hard work paid off big time. All right, let's jump out to the phone lines. Go to Craig. You're up next with Will Snowden. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah, hey, guys. Um, first off, to the last caller, BYU fans, we need to calm down. It's, you know, Utah's still legitly good. Uh, they have some <laughs> great talent. Um, hands, I, I think the reason, going back, just kind of busting you on it, and, again, I know you're happy, but when you scout the Stanford game, Stanford lines up 11 in the box offensively, which, to me, is a lot easier to defend, and, Today, Kalani earned his money, and in fact, I think uh, BYU not signing Tom. And I called in after Utah game and said, you know, they need to they need to sign him. I mean, this is ridiculous, but he earned his money because he flat out outcoached him. And and the ABC and uh, guys had it right the whole game. They kept thinking, yeah, he go to USC into not throwing it to their speed guys on the outside. He had them play into where his defense was, and it worked most of the time. The USC's big plays, quite honestly, a lot of them came off of missed tackles and, and mishaps, but, again, they're athletic and good. And, you know, uh, so happy uh, BYU has a legit shot, and now they've proven it. Now they're going to have to step up because they're not going to catch anybody by surprise. Uh, Zach Wilson, man, that kid is fearless. Glad to have him on our on our team, and you know the the season's bright for us going forward. And I I look forward to every game because they have a chance, and we have hope that the future's bright here. So get Kalani done, get that whole staff here. Great team win, fun, finally fun to be in Provo. Definitely a lot of fun, man. No question about it. Edwards Stadium. This win was a big one, and it was a lot of fun to watch. You know, the game plan that they put together, the way these guys responded for Kalani, riding momentum out of Tennessee, back-to-back overtime wins. BYU fans starting to pile in here to JCWs, and, and they're happy. They're exciting. 
They're excited. They're high-fiving like beasts in here, and it's fun, man. Here's the deal. We've got burgers that are hot off the grill. We've got great shakes. We've got fries, cheese fries, buffalo wings. We've got everything you need. Stop by after the game, grab a post-game shake or burger, watch some more college games. We've got them all over the TVs here, and you can come in and just enjoy an evening with us here on 97.5 and 1280 in the zone. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back to your phone calls, 855 960 Z-O-N-E. That's 855-960-ZONE. That's BYU getting a win over USC, 30-27 to in overtime. We talk more about it coming up next. Slovis with time. And in the end zone is Pittman. Touchdown. The Trojans make it look easy through the air on that opening drive. This gets rid of it. Look, I mean, they've got three defensive linemen in there as well. They pitch it, it's a touchdown for BYU. It ends up being Tyson. Actually, that's the other number five. That's Gawola to a quarterback who is in there at running back getting the touchdown. Williams is on the sideline. They bring in the other number five and hand it to him. Off play action, slow this over the middle.
And there, and there you go, the big interception that wins it for BYU at the end in overtime against USC. Again, 30-27, to 27, a big-time BYU victory, a big-time game for Kalani Sitake. And you mentioned this right out of the gates when you were, like, overly excited, Will, and I was almost feeling like I had to jump over there and try to hold you down Yeah, because you were going nuts. But you talked about how important – this game was being on ABC in primetime 1.30 kick. Come on, man. I mean, what, I mean the, the world was able to see it. I Everybody mean, was able to see Everyone was that. able to see it. They're, they're, everyone tuned in. I'm getting texts from people all across the country who are watching BYU. But what I, do, what I will say again, I'm going to put the pressure on the, on the administration, on Tom Homo, get Kalani paid. Because when you watch, when, when fans watch a coach come out on the field in tears – passion, true love for his program, true love for his players, true love for his school. He, They keep on rolling. You beat Washington, you beat Tennessee, you beat USC, you knock off US, Utah State. Things go a certain way for this guy this right, year. Right. They could be in trouble. They need to get him. They, they need to let him know, hey, we want you, we love you, and here's the money. Well, that's what I'm trying to say because I'm getting a lot of BYU fans that are actually giving some pushback. On Twitter, I said, BYU, pay Kalani Sataki if he'll let you. And, 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 and I mean that. And I've actually meant that for a while. We've been talking about how they need to up his contract. We talked a lot about that in the offseason. Talked a lot about that when they beat Western Kentucky uh, in the uh, Western, Michigan. Or Western Michigan in the bowl game. We talked a lot about this. And here we are now, three games in. They're 2-1 and one with a win over an SEC team and a win over a Pac-12 team. And people are still giving me pushback. And they're saying, no, 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 no. He needs to show that he can beat Boise State and Utah State first. Hold on, everybody. Because if you allow him to go into the Boise State and Utah State games uncontracted and he wins those games, now if I'm Kalani, I'm like, you know, let me, let me see what's going on here. Let me call my agent. Let me see. Yeah, let me see, <laughs> you know, because there's some jobs out there. You I know? Mean, yeah, you don't want him to pull an A-B. And, and <laughs> I'm not kidding. When When – when athletic directors see everything that Kalani is outside of football and, and the kind of man he is and then the kind of game plans that he's able to come up with, it's impactful. Without a doubt. And, and they also know that his assistants love him. You know, Without his assistants absolutely love him. And so he's got a lot of great things going for him. And BYU needs to take care of it before the Utah State game, before the Boise State game. Well, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I mean, I've been very clear on it. And the, these things, I mean, me and Kalani, we don't agree on everything. But what I will agree with is that he loves Brigham Young, he loves his players, and he understands football. That's what we will agree on. I don't agree with everything that he does. I'm sure fans don't agree with everything he does. But, you know, I, I just don't know if there's a better guy for BYU. Let's, I mean, so listen, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But the, the pressure needs to be on that, uh, on that athletic department right now to figure out what they're going to do. Let's jump back out to the phone lines and go to Aaron. You're up next with Will Snowden here on the BYU postgame show. Go ahead, Aaron. Or sorry, Daniel. Go ahead. Hey, guys. A uh, couple of things real fast. Just calling from Fort Collins, watching the game with my beautiful wife. And uh, I'm pumped, man. If they, don't, if they don't extend Kalani in the next couple of weeks, something's wrong. And Tom Holmes got to look at himself in the mirror. Um, so I agree with you on that. I had a quick question for you, Hans. You said a couple of years ago after the Boise State win, when we were down by a bunch and came back, that BYU was a, quote, sleeping giant. 
right? I never kind of understood what you said with that, so I want to get some follow-up on that and see where your thoughts are as far as BYU being that sleeping giant. Thanks, dudes. Go Cougs. Yeah, great call. Uh, in by the way, 855-960-ZONE. That's 855-960-ZONE if you want to jump on and talk about this uh, this game, this big win. As far as talking about the sleeping giant, I'm trying to remember how far back that goes. And I don't remember if that was a Taysom Hill-Jamal Williams offense. I don't remember who was even the coordinator at that point. So I don't remember the specifics of that moment. Uh, probably had to do something with Taysom Hill being healthy, maybe. Um, I felt like there, there was a moment, even when uh, Taysom Hill went down that year, that Tanner Mangum ended up coming in and, and beating Nebraska. They had those big wide receivers, Will, and they had a lot going for them. And then I thought that Taysom Hill would be one of the best quarterbacks in the country at that time. And I thought if they could get a couple wins and get rolling, I felt like they could be great then. Was that Broncos' final year? I don't know. He said a few years ago. I don't remember that game, but... I think that I, I think that was that year because that was the Tanner Mangum Hail Mary throw where they beat Boise State with the Hail Mary. But what, let's stop there, though. What I will tell you is they're a sleeping giant right now. That that that, that team you have to prepare for Brigham Young. Washington has to prepare aggressively for a Brigham Young team that you beat last year that you embarrassed last year. Washington absolutely embarrassed Brigham Young last year. I, I I've been I was very clear. It looked like high school team, uh, a bunch, a high school team playing a college team or a pro team. That's how big the difference was last year. Now Washington has to play. What time do they play? They play Washington. That's a one thirty kick at ESPN. ESPN, but but they've got Washington this week. There's some pressure on them because Washington's been hot. They've been a Pac-12 killer this year. They've beaten two Pac-12 teams. Now they've got the now they've got the third in Washington. So Washington Washington's going to play a tough game today, and then they're going to come to Lavelle Edwards Stadium next Saturday, ESPN, and BYU will be ready. They will be ready. So, so you know, I think that the Sleeping Giant it, this year is they're starting to believe they've got a, two big wins in a row out of this out of this tough juggernaut start, and they've got a chance against Washington next week, no question. If you're just tuning in, BYU getting the win 30-27 to 27 over USC. They did it in dramatic fashion in overtime with an interception to seal it after a Jake Olroyd three-point um, field goal that was absolutely beautifully kicked and and. Perfect. Did you see the hook on the Un- ball? It was under, unbelievable. Under the pressure that he was under and still was able to put that thing through I the upright. I thought he missed it. I thought he – well, I mean, when you watch it on TV, I mean, I don't and know what it looked like. Back. He, he bent – what a bender. I mean, yeah. that, that's – I mean, that's, a, that, that's a, the bend it like Beckham, I guess. And, and, wow. And he snuck that in 30-27. to 27. Will, I want you to take a minute and talk about what you saw from the offensive line in the run game. You know, we saw some pass sets, and there was some pressure at times, you know, and I'll have to go back and look at the counts and how long Zach Wilson held it and what he was trying to see. It felt like there were times when they were trying some of the deep routes that those deep routes were getting clogged up and Zach was having to make something work and and was getting pressured. But just talk about the offensive line, particularly in the run game with Tyson Williams. I just thought it was great. I I just thought – I thought they came off the ball really well. Um, I thought they held their blocks really well. I thought they showed great feet and were able to create holes and lanes. And I thought that both Tyson and Asupka ran the ball well. They showed patience. 
I mean, you have to, they, they, both of them showed me that they're patient runners. You see some of the edge stuff they did. They were able to show the patience that was needed to get to to gain the the hard yards. Um, but up front, I mean, led by uh, led by that great dude Impy. I mean, they they really. They really handled them. They won the trench. There, there's no question about it. felt like it. it was a really nice redemption game for them. Not that Tennessee absolutely beat them up and down the field because they held their own. There were moments. I actually feel like there were snap count issues because of the noise. There was oh, a yeah. silent count issue, and I felt like there were snap counts problems because when I was watching film, I was watching offensive linemen come off the ball at separate late. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that happens. And, and, and today I felt like they were coming off as a unified unit. And people got to understand that when you come off together, your double teams match up the right way. Without a doubt. You know, when you've got an offensive tackle that fires off against a three technique and he's first to hit, that defender bounces in between the two and then the guard is trying to catch up off the yeah. hip. Yeah. And when you're coming off unified, it just looked it looked like the offensive line played more confident and more comfortable in Laval Edwards Stadium today. Without a doubt. I mean, and, and, and I want to look at what USC did because I think that the Brigham Young crowd was really loud as well where maybe they weren't getting off the ball at the same this they might have struggled with the same way BYU did a little bit last year, last week, hearing to, you know, having guys come off the ball at different times. So I felt like it was a nice redemption for this BYU offensive line. I also feel like, and again, this is all review stuff. you got to go back and look at these things. I feel like there were some called run plays that we didn't see well, no against question. Tennessee. No question. You know, some of the outside saw, hits that, that Tyson was in. Yeah, the quick tosses, speed option. I, I, I think you saw a, a lot. They, they, they just... It was a very well-called game. I, I was upset with one drive. We were driving the ball. Things were looking good. I think they got to about the 40-yard line, and then they did three passes in a row. And I thought, wait, wait, what? don't get away from what you're doing. And I think that was the lapse of, of play calling. It made a, got, got, got beside yourself, wanted to do a little bit too much. But then the next series, they came back. They didn't panic and went back to what they know. Set, you know, tossing the ball, running the ball, getting downhill, and letting Zach take his shots. And, 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 I mean, what can you say about Zach Wilson, man? What can you say about him? The kid has ice in his veins. I mean, he's proven with the game on the line, he will take care of the ball. And that's what he did today, like he did last week. 20-33 in this game. And I'm just looking down the list. He hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11 different receivers in this game. Now, a couple of these were backs out of the backfield. Which I liked. Uh-huh. A couple of them were tight ends. Moroni Laulu Pututau. Oh, talk, we talk, didn't talk about Moroni. Talk about Moroni Laulu Pututau showing up in this game. Man, what, how many catches do you have? Two, three? Two for 36 yards. And they were big catches. Yeah. They were big catches. I mean, Two for 36. You, you know, whenever you see a guy like Moroni on the field, you, you, he just announces himself with – there's just authority – He's just a man. He's just a man. I said to my son, we were sitting there. Uh, I was with it's great going out with my family today with my wife and uh, my boys. And uh, obviously, Drayden was at BYU, um, did an internship there, coached with them uh, last year. And um, so sitting in the stands with him, he knows a lot. So he's able to tell me a lot of coverages and, you know, things that are going on. And I just said, getting Moroni back out there. That's huge. It's huge. I mean, it's just huge. That's something that opens up a lot of other opportunities, and I, I was just happy to see it, and I think he came up big when he could, and I think they're going to really put together more things for him to be uh, much more involved in the in the uh, 
the game plan moving forward. I want to say his second catch was in the fourth quarter or back into the third quarter. And when he caught it, he the stood big. up and he was electrified. Oh, yeah. It was great. You know, and you could just see it was running through his veins. And you could see that the team was responding to that excitement. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, it felt like this team, you know, there were times last year, maybe even the year before, where it felt like the guys were down a little bit. Felt like the energy wasn't there. It feels like this team, and it might just because be because we've seen two really close games in overtime situations, but it feels like this team has more uh, leadership that keeps the energy high with on-field play, and and also I think energy that they produce vocally or or just the way they are. D- doesn't it seem like yeah, there's just it, more it does. electricity I mean, it, it, in this electricity team? and belief though. I think it's belief because when you when you played Utah two weeks ago, I think the the Utes took the belief out of them in the second half, and uh, obviously that belief. I think they bounced back against Tennessee and decided that would never happen to them again. And and they show, that showed today. I mean, they fought the whole game. Um, they played a very good USC team. It's a top twenty-five team, an undefeated team, and they beat them. If you're just tuning in, BYU getting the win, 30-27 to 27 in overtime against USC at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is your postgame show, 855-960-ZONE. If you want to jump on with us, that's 855-960-ZONE. Shane, you're up next with Will Snowden. Go ahead, Shane. Shane, can you hear me? Can, can you hear me? Yep, go ahead, Shane. So I just I just want to congratulate the Cougars um, um, and just have one question. So what would ha- what would have happened if the Cougars didn't catch the interception and would the refs call the personal foul on the fans? Good question. Good question. Uh, thanks for the call, Shane. We appreciate it. Do it again. That's 855-960-ZONE. He just wants to know if Diane Guanaloco doesn't get under that ball, how do they handle that? Well, I think uh, I think it's just you clear the field. I don't know if they would actually penalize them. Um, it made me think back of the uh, – the, the, I can't remember it was a – a game where a guy's running, he ran, runs through the band, the band rushed the stadium field. So I, I don't know if there would be a penalty, but obviously I think UC, USC would have lined up to, to try and kick a field goal. So you don't believe that the, the officials would have thrown a flag for the fans uh, coming down onto the field? I don't believe so, but they could have. I, I, that's something I'd have to look at. I don't know. Well, they threw a flag on what they shouldn't have with a chop block, and you think that they very well might have just thrown the flag and be like, look, this is delay a game. This is, you know, uh, this is uh, whatever the call would be. It seems like they might throw a flag in that situation. Which would, that, would have, that would have been a first down if it's a, you know, if that's a 10-yard or even if it was a 5-yard because it wasn't – no, it was third and six, wasn't it? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I mean, or third and nine. Yeah, third and nine, I think. Regardless, so it would have been a game changer if they did throw the flag. Um, I need to go to the rule box. That's a great question. Look it up. Go go, go. look it up and tweet us or let us know what the answer would be there. What, great question. But the reality is they, they said that he, uh, that he caught it. It looked like he did catch it. And uh, ball game. <laughs> so much fun, man, to watch a game like that and watch BYU get a win against USC like that. Fun to see Kalani Satake and fun to see Gennaro Guilford and Steve Clark. And, you know, watching these guys, watching Aaron Roderick and Jeff Grimes up in the booth, 
you know, you could see that they were on top of everything. They Ed were, Lamb as well. Lamb, I mean, all these guys are trying to catch these guys in the right personnel, trying to really force this offense. I thought that they did a really good job handling the run calls. You know, outside of two drives, I felt like they did a much better job. We, we talked about wanting 20 to 25 runs. You almost got there with Tyson at 19 runs. Yeah, and, and but at 19, you know, I don't want to sound like the old running back, but damn, 19 carries for 107? So what do you average? 5.5? 5. 5.5. 5. Uh, okay, so so I, I'm comfortable with 23 to 25, like I said. But um, they got it done, and, and but he, but Tyson is proving to be a dude, a dude that we have to feature. And I think they did a good job featuring him. But early, but in our pre, I talked a lot about the time of possession. I, I, I BYU took their time today. What was the time of possession? You, did you see yet? I, I was hoping I said twenty four to twenty. What did I said twenty four to twenty six. I, I really wanted them to have the ball, and um, I, I think they had the ball quite a quite a. They did a pretty good job with B- with tempo. BYU won the time of possession forty two minutes to thirty two minutes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, each quarter. Remember, you got overtime. Overtime, yeah. That that you're tacking on, but uh, they absolutely won the time of possession. Here's a couple of numbers for you. Third down efficiency. They were 7 of 16 on third downs, Will. 7 of 16 on third downs, 430 total yards of offense. 300 of those through the air, 131 on the ground. Only five penalties for 39 yards. They played a very clean game. And, of course, the three interceptions, probably the biggest number of the night. Huge. And, and, and we talked about that early, the, earlier on in the week. And I said we, we talked about this in the beginning, keys to victory for BYU. And I, I can't remember exactly what I said. But, number one, I think I, I, think I said um, we talked about time of possession. I wanted time of possession, turnovers, and not obviously not turning the ball over, and feeding Tyson the ball. Really, all those things were done today. All of those things were done today, and and they got and they took care of business, man. Wow! If you want to jump on the post game show, eight five five nine six zero z o n e. That's eight five five nine six zero zone to jump on with us. Papa P, you're up next, man. Nice to see you down here, at JCWs. Hey, always great to be down there, at JCWs, with you and Will on the rest of the twelve eight of the zone crew. I tell you what, I am horse two overtime victories in a row and uh, had the extreme pleasure of my son and I being back in Knoxville last week. I, I'm just in shock. Uh, you named, uh, last, you guys both named some of the most important numbers. I thought the time of possession was crucial, the 42-32. What's interesting is if I remember the stats correctly, we're almost identical on passing yardage. I think it was, uh, you know, we were like within a yard or two of each other. 280, uh, Interceptions, obviously, huge for BYU. Um, you know, Slovis, I'm glad. We're not playing them next year, right? We didn't play USC again for a while. The kid's real. The kid is a legit QB. Um, and so, you know, props to USC for coming in. And it was a tough game. But, man, I am so proud of my Cougars. This is uh, a great time to be a Cougar. And uh, thank you, 1280 Zone, for all the great work you guys do on covering sports here in Utah. Awesome, Papa P. Thanks for the call, and thanks for coming into JCWs. Always love seeing you and your brother. It's fun to watch you guys. I mean, that, that Papa P is the BYU fan that will sit through a five, four, five-win season, and he's a BYU fan that will celebrate 
each of those four or five victories just as much as he's going to celebrate a big win over USC. So we always love his fandom and his participation here on the postgame show. 97.5, 12 to the zone of the Zone Sports Network. This is your BYU postgame show live at JCW's. Come on down, hang out with us. The grills are open, the burgers are flipping. We got amazing buffalo wings. We got great shakes, drinks. Come in and cool off with us. Hang out. Will Snowden, Hans Olsen, and another former BYU great. Jason Anderson, offensive lineman with BYU, offensive tackle, played with the New England Patriots. He's raising big old boys that have now signed with BYU. He's got a, a tight end that just left on a mission. He's got another one that looks like he's sitting in front of me. And the last time I saw him, he was at least eight inches shorter. Yeah, I mean, Matt, what are you feeding this you, guy? You, you raise him big, Jay. Pure, pure green. Green. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, man it, feed. It, man it feed, exactly. <laughs> so, Jay, uh, you were at this game. I was. And uh, you got to see this thing live and in person. Give me some of your thoughts. And I, I'd like you to start with the trench because one of the tweets I sent out with about two, three minutes left was, BYU dominated both sides of the trench. I, again, I, I'm a little bit biased when it comes to the offensive line. So I thought the offensive line with BYU did an outstanding job today. They gave uh, Wilson time. Uh, yeah, there's some breakdowns here and there, you know, but that's going to happen against the defensive line that you're going to be presented to from USC. Uh, yeah, USC. Um, but I thought they, they dominated in the, in the run game. We, I'm not sure how many yards rushing we had, uh, but there were holes. I, got, I think they set the edge very well. Yes. A lot of pin and pull uh, type of action, which against a faster team, if you can divide the defense by pin and pulling them, you're going you know, to separate defenses and you're going to create uh, cavities there for a back to run through. So Will and I have talked a lot about Tyson Williams, this running back transfer from Southern California, or sorry, South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about what you're seeing from him. Is he, a, is he the type of back that you believe can carry a team through the Washington game when you're really getting into power football? Yeah. You know, Washington's going to try to really load up and, and put the big mans up front. But is he the kind of guy you can really lean on? You know, as I watched him run the last, really last three weeks, uh, you can see, his, one, his confidence is starting to build. Uh, and two, he's got a different level of attitude when he runs with the ball. Uh, and as an offensive lineman, uh, or former offensive lineman, if I have a back deck there who's going to run people over and still stand up and not be taking down sidelines and just kicking people out of the way, that, that brings a lot of energy to me as an offensive lineman. And it wants me to block that much harder, that much longer, and to sustain blocks a little bit, far, uh, a little bit longer down the field to give this guy a chance. And we've seen when he gets out in open speed, he's got that next level speed that, in my opinion, we haven't seen on BYU for a few years. Um, and through his toughness and his speed, is he a type of back that we can give him 20, 25 touch? I believe so. And then, you know, uh, you know, the other kid that comes in, the other transfer kid, I think he came from Rice. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he's a, he's a, a, a nice complimentary to him. Um, but, you know, he's a back that I've been watching the last few weeks. Very fun to watch. Um, nice, great speed as well. You're listening to Jason Anderson, former BYU offensive tackle, NFL offensive tackle, uh, longtime coach. Uh, he's now coaching at Lehigh, I believe. At Lehigh, yes. And doing a great job with them and kind enough to stop by for a few minutes and give us a couple of thoughts. Uh, another thing I want you to talk about, USC's center was abused. I, I mean, I agree. F- physically manhandled. Was that a center thing, or is that just is that just pure dominance from a BYU nose tackle? You know, a little bit of both. I think uh, uh, the, the nose guard for BYU dominated him. Okay, I, I don't think USC gave him much help. The one thing I noticed with USC's guards, they had wide splits. 
there are two and a half, three yard, you know, three foot splits, which you kind of put a center on the island at that point. And then if you got a quick nose or a guy who's pretty explosive, like the nose guard was here, it's hard. I mean, you and I both played center, so you have a, when you feel like you're one on one as a center, you, it, it's tough with it's run or pass. It's, <laughs> it's like tough. it's brutal. It's tough. And and when your guards are that far away from you, I, I think the the offensive line, the offensive line coach did a disservice to that, that center. Um, for me, I always protect from the inside out, protect from the core out. Um, I. I that center got he he got abused tonight. That's well, for sure. It was a beating. It, it was. was. I, I, it was a I, I real felt, beating. I felt bad for him. I felt bad for the kid. And and and, and USC did not make a the offensive line. That offensive staff. They did late decide we got to help this kid because if you watch a little bit, I think it got down to the end of the third quarter. They said no, we got to bring we got to bring our splits down, and that changed a lot of what they wanted to do because they want to take those big splits, but. I feel for that kid. He is rattled, and and I guarantee you his head is still ringing. Well, his he, head is ringing. And I'm not sure of his size, but he didn't look like a very big kid. Uh, you know, what I'm talking like he's six, not a big six kid, two, yeah. six three, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Probably about a 293 pound kid. And we got our nose guard that we have that's potential <laughs> NFL guy. Do, do we talk, he's going to abuse that kid. Okay, I, I, got, I do need to recognize this too because it was very apparent that BYU gave him a one two three punch. But it was uh, Faltea, yeah. Tonga, and Mahe. Yeah. And uh, Tonga, Tonga was taking the majority of the crucial reps. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the biggest plays was the run, the run play that USC went for where Tonga took the center back into the run play. Oh, huge. It was, that was big. He was destroying the run, and he was hurting the pass. Yeah. But so was Faltea. Yes, uh, when you can put a guy over it with those big splits, Kairos Tonga is going to two-gap. He's going to make – you saw him control the front side gap, and then they tried to cut backside to the weak side a and he blew up i mean he pushed the center back two yards uh, on the front side where he's trying to go he tried to come back to the to the weak side a and tonga wraps him up and just swallows him like a like one of his favorite sandwiches <laughs> well and the other thing that you know with, with he likes horse that's right well he, he loves horse uh, yeah, he? yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But. he talked about how much he loved it <laughs> well the thing i saw with him is yeah it, it, the explosive, you know, a couple of quick swims right off, the, right off the snap, and all of a sudden the center's around his hips. Yeah. Holding on for dear life. Yeah. W- waiting for a guard or someone to come help him out. And, uh, but yeah, you know, playing a center before, you know, being myself being a center, first of all, a center's got to get back off the ball and let, uh, you know, granted you may give up a little bit of ground on a bull rush, but at least you're going to give your, your guards a chance to come back and help. But he just kept try, trying to short set him. And I know why, because he's such a powerful man. Yeah. Or, or two or three guys. He to get hands on him but, as quick as he can. Right. But, man, he was, the nose guard, those nose guards, that, and they kept him fresh, was explosive. And it, it, you could see a dividend was in the run game and in causing that quarterback to flush right and left, and it was, it was nice to watch. I get, uh, guys, what, what I saw today from Tonga, the last two weeks what I've seen from him is he is for sure, in my opinion, and I think he's going to test very well for a big man, he, he, he made some money today. He's made some money the last few weeks, and I mean draft stock money. Yeah. Uh, Jay, before we let you go, I want your thoughts on Kalani and this staff and the game plan that they put together for USC because it felt like USC's got the better personnel. Like, you would think that they would have the better personnel. Well, no, there's no question they had the better personnel. Deeper. Uh, oh, they had more depth. They have more, you know, more speed. And there's a couple times my wife were at the game, and they had those couple quick outs. And my wife's like, why do they keep giving those quick outs? I'm like, because they can't give up because those dudes are so much faster, and they're going to run right by them, and then we have the touchdown. We'd rather give up a five- or seven-yard uh, out route than a 69-yard touchdown over the top. Yeah. Bend, um, don't break. But, exactly. So, uh, but as far as Kalani goes, and give that guy a contract 
and he deserves it. That whole staff earned it. You know, not just today, not just yes, not not last week versus Tennessee. They've been progressively earning it. You know, as a new offensive staff coming in, uh, you know, Grimes. He's been here a couple years now. He lost his offensive line coach, Pew. He went to Troy, I believe. So he's got a new line coach coming in. You know consistency is critical and that's one thing i think a lot of when it comes to college football people are so quick to pull triggers and let people go give guys a chance i think Kalani has proved his, his worth uh you know you see him on the sidelines you know and i think will allude to this earlier uh his passion that he pl- that he coaches with that feeds on players and I, and I told my wife like i'd rather have my boys playing for a man like that than a guy who's gonna be passive because at least he cares at least he wants he's fighting for his guys and that's like you know as me as a coach i'm the same way i'm gonna fight my freaking tail end off for you i may be right i may be wrong i don't care but i'm gonna fight i might get your back i have your back yeah and we'll figure it out later um you've obviously you believe in that because you've sent one of your boys trey who's now on a lds mission that's right you've sent him to go play tight end at byu and you've got another son who's coming back uh, Jace, is Jace going to play on BYU? Yeah, so he's got a preferred walk-on right now. Uh, so he'll be back actually next month. So Jace is a wow. preferred walk-on. Trey as a as a full right. ride scholarship, and then I think I think Tiger's sitting right in front of him. He's probably going to be the biggest of the three boys. We'll see. He's uh, he's about six feet and about two fifteen right now as a sophomore. So and he's, and he's only three years old. So that's it's, right. He's got he, he's, he's got a face <laughs> of a two year old. So we're in good shape there. <laughs> so it's exciting to see the Andersons grow up and and follow in their dad's footsteps. Jay, I appreciate you stopping by, man. Oh, I love it, man. I love being with you. Yeah, glad that we could get some insight from you. And I love the, the center breakdown because, you know, the, the splits and putting them on an island. and It's, th- it's th- hard. That really had a major impact oh, on no, this Oh, no, and I kept noticing. I was like, when are they going to help this kid out? <laughs> yeah. but it, it, it almost, it was, they almost At times, it got wider uh, with those. But, yeah, you know, at the end, like Will alluded to, they did tighten down the splits. That looked, but, again, that took away their inside run too, which killed him at the beginning. That's Jason Anderson, former BYU offensive tackle, played with the New England Patriots um, and does a great job coaching here in the state of Utah at the high school level and does so many great things for the show. Really appreciate him coming by. Let's take a quick break live at JCW's. We'll come back to more phone calls, but we've got Kalani Satake coming up next on 97.5, 12 into the zone of the zone sport. Big thank you to Jason Anderson for stopping in and giving us some insight there. Absolutely loved it. Will Snowden, he called the win. It seems like I've had 34 BYU fans come in and tell me they called it. It's funny because everybody gets so critical. They're like, Monson sucks. And I can't believe that you thought USC was going to win. And it's like, and I called it before the game. It's like, well, yeah, you're not on a sports show and you don't have to talk for three hours and have an opinion and make a prediction. Like, yeah, we're, we have to form predictions based on what our eyes see. Guess and, what? And USC in the second half against Stanford looked really good. I didn't know Stanford wasn't going to be the team I thought they were going to be this year. Well, and I'm not going to throw Stanford in the, under the bus. It's still early in the season. Listen, it, it's very easy to attack hands or attack anyone. I mean, not everyone can pick them like me, right? <laughs> no, but, but, you know, everyone's coming in here. They, they, they picked it. They knew what was going to happen. But guess what? All 34 of those people, I, they already have their prediction for next week. And that's where you got to feel great. Well, and this is the other thing. I don't care what anybody comes in and says. I just appreciate listeners. 
love that they listen. I love that they spend some time with us. I love that they take our opinion into account and they kind of throw their own opinion out there. I just love that they listen. So you're welcome to, to gloat, to come in and brag, to come in and shake a finger at me. Some guys came in and shamed Monson and said, get Monson on the air. We want that guy torched. And it's like, man, you know, Monson's just out there making a prediction. That's that's all he's doing. So Monson knows nothing, hey, obviously. Can I just tell you? Can I just tell you? Football Fridays are going to be a lot of fun come next Friday. Football Friday with Alema Harrington and Coach Ron McBride is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, man, I, I wish because, I was involved with that. I mean, anytime I oh. get a chance to sit with Ron, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, I, when I saw that, listen, Ron should have been involved with the Utah, the, the, the opening, the the pre the pre the pre game for Utah. What, where, what was he too busy? I mean, I need, I've got to have him. I've got to have him. I swear he's I, speaking to the team every every Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's he's, true. He's a busy dude, and also he's helping Weber State too. He's going up there. I mean, well, I mean he's he's just inspiration. He, he just is. inspires me. Well, football Friday is going to be a lot of fun. Alima Harrington, Will Snowden, the only two that called a BYU victory over USC here on twelve eighty the zone. All right, Kalani Satake went to the podium after this big overtime victory, thirty to twenty seven. Here's Kalani Satake's thoughts on the big win. All right, well, tough game, overtime again, and. Uh, Kept putting a bad spot, a tough spot when we had to kick a field goal in the overtime, you know, on offense. And um, proud the defense was able to make the play. And uh, it's been really pleased with the preparation these guys have given us, the effort that our players have given us. And hats off to USC, they're a great team, tons of talent. And I think they're going to do great in their uh, in their conference. But just really feel fortunate to get this win. And uh, we made some plays. and. And uh, you know, did some things that were a little bit unconventional on offense and defense and special teams, and uh, just uh, glad that we were able to get the win. I take any questions you guys have. How, how's the heart rate after two straight of these? I I can do this. If we win the game, I'm good. It doesn't matter. But I don't know. It just it was a lot of fun. I just obviously we don't want to get have this be a habit, but I'll take it. If we feel good, we we worked on this these situations um, a lot in camp and spring ball and. Um, you know, with red zone defense, red zone offense. Um, and so we feel really comfortable with what we're doing as a, as a group. And I have a, a bunch of leadership on this team that really believes in each other. And they demand a lot from each other. And so um, I think it's easy as a head coach for me to have guys that do it and, and uh, that I can lean on. And there's a senior leadership to everyone on the team, holding each other accountable. That's, that's what we're seeing. And our guys are growing and getting better. And we're progressing. Let's uh, get ready for the next one, too. So excited for that that opportunity is there anything worse than having to wait for the replay that you've had to do that twice in a row to make sure it was the game was over yeah i think they should just let me review it for everyone <laughs> i've been pretty spot on except for the one time i took a timeout just to have them review it again it was more principled than anything and so um but yeah i just felt like um you know we we, we did some things that uh, took some chances and took some risks that i didn't think were out of the ordinary but i was just proud of our players and the way they performed it. I mean, offensively, defensively, and special teams, I thought we played really solid. And and uh, just really happy that our guys were able to execute and just trust our players. I, I love our quarterback. And he's right there, and I want him to know that he knows that already, too. And, and uh, love the way that he works with this team and, and love the leadership on our on, on our team. And um, yeah, we're, sorry, we, we won this game, and I'm happy about that. But now we have to win and learn and have a time opportunity to learn for the next one, too, because uh, we have a, a big team, a big time opponent coming to town again. And uh, really looking forward to that one. Where does this game land in your career as far as not only the win, but the bizarreness of the game? I don't know. I, I, I just 
this isn't about me and my rankings of the games. It's just, I was just happy for our players and happy for our fans to get the win. And I just, uh, as a head coach, I have the best view in the house, you know. So uh, there was moments that I was just a fan, enjoying what Coach Grimes and uh, Coach Tuyaki and Coach Lamb were calling, and the rest of the assistants were doing an amazing job, you know, getting it ready and, and demanding a lot from their players and performing well. And so um, I think as a head coach, it was just it was nice for me to sit back and. Show some energy, but have a just really just support the guys as much as I can because I think our coaches and our players did an amazing job. When you tell your defense going into that overtime period, knowing that you, know, you had a field goal to work with, they know it. I mean, they, they they know the urgency that's involved with it, and you know, we um, I thought defensively we were able to um, make an air, air raid team rely heavily on the run, and that was a good thing for us, you know. So. Uh, and I thought our guys were able to tough it out a little bit. And uh, we asked a lot from that D-line this game. And I thought they did an amazing job in, um, you know, owning the line of scrimmage as much as they did and, and uh, trying to provide a lot of pressure to three-man rush. I think most of the time we're in a three-man or four-man rush. And, um, you know, and I, I credit our coaches for sticking to the game plan and keep working. I mean, I, I don't – we gave up some big chunk plays. And that's – USC has some great talent. They're able to make some big-time plays and big-time throws. Uh, but there's one that we gave up that was that was just a, a blown assignment. And then uh, I just love our guys just keep playing. They just keep working hard and they keep plugging along. And when we have that type of effort and that type of energy on the sidelines, I think we'll be in a good position. Well, you said a lot in the past you want to see your guys play BYU football. That performance today, was that the definition of BYU football viewers? I thought so. I thought offensively we were able to use all our weapons. You know, you saw a lot of guys make plays. and. Defensively, we were able to rely on our depth. We have some guys. I mean, we were fortunate in the first two weeks to have not have so many injuries. And this one, we get kind of banged up in games. I don't think I don't know how severe some of the injuries that we had, but we were able to go back to our depth that we were trying to really rely on. And those guys stepped up. So proud of those guys, you know. And and, um, and the things that they've done in the off season this made me so proud of the, the, how they performed today. Do you feel like this is a win that can change the perception. Well, I don't really care about all that stuff, man. I'm just trying to coach football and have fun with these kids. So, Kalani, uh, a couple different times in the game, you had a, a short yardage package where you brought in mm-hmm. Austin and Kyrie and, and Diane to get a, like a yard or two. Um, it, it worked the one time in getting you in the first down, the other time you, you got stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you like about that package, and What's kind of led you to, to use that in the short yardage situations? Uh, it's a package that Ed Lamb absolutely loved, and we used it last year. And, and um, you know, I thought it worked for us. And then uh, this week we just got it, the spot wasn't what we wanted. And you know, we're an inch short, but so I have a lot of trust in those those guys that performed in that group. And. You know, we have a lot of things that go along in that package, so we'll see what happens are, are there next week. Specific situations where you. Kalani Sataki at the podium and uh, answering some good questions, some tough questions, but having some fun. You hear him composed, and that's Kalani. I mean, Kalani's going to celebrate. Will, I, I got to imagine, by the way, this is your BYU postgame show. Hans Olsen, former BYU running back Will Snowden, hanging out. I got to imagine that Kalani's a lot as a head coach like he was as a player. Is uh, is our team captain back in 1999-2000. Probably very similar. Uh, talk to talk to us about how Kalani is handling this win and how he handled himself there at the podium. I mean, I mean, with just pure class, 
he's a humble guy. I mean, that's how he was. You know, I owe so much to Kalani because when I moved to fullback, Kalani taught me how to play fullback. Remember, I came to Brigham Young as the as the worst blocking running back in the history of anyone coming to BYU. I did not want to block a soul. No one. When I saw the guy blitzing, I thought to myself, I, I, I literally had to pray. Like that's that's his fault. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's yours to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but what happened is I ended up becoming a great blocker. Yeah, I really did. And uh, and Kalani actually spent time coaching me in in blocking. Right. It, I mean, it wasn't I didn't have the guts. I, I mean, I did, but it but I also didn't have the guts. So regardless, Kalani has always been a leader. He's always been a leader, and he led with humble. He he could have said, "What's wrong with you, you softy?" But he he didn't say he didn't call me soft. He didn't call me weak. He built me up and made me believe that I could do it. And actually, I did it. And that's that was twenty twenty years ago, man. So I mean, I, I'm just proud of the guy. I'm just happy for him. And that's the truth. If you watch the film of me blocking my freshman year, it is sickening. It, it, it makes me actually sick. <laughs> and he really helped you a lot. And he really, really helped me. Then you watch me progress. You're like, oh, wow, Snowden can actually block. And it actually sucks so bad because that's all I got to do after a while well, is block. I can get the ball. You think back to our senior year, and Kalani was a senior with both Will Snowden and myself. And you think back to our senior year. He was our team captain. And it just makes a lot of sense, the composure that he carried himself with, the excitement that he prepared with, uh, the way he drew his team together. There was real, really no division with with Kalani. Kalani loved everybody. He really you know, was. he loved the players that came from Texas. He loved the players from Southern California. He loved the players from Northern Idaho. Like He did, and, and he got along with everyone. But one of the things that I, I've told this on air, haven't I? But another thing you have to know about Kalani is don't take his kindness for weakness either because he's a tough son of a gun. Me and him almost went fist to cuffs over a, over a Dennis Rodman argument that was just hilarious, and we stood up, squared up to fight each other, even though we loved each other, and over a silly argument. Look, he, he, doesn't, he believes in Dennis. Dennis. No, he doesn't and believe in Dennis. He, you like the worm. He doesn't like the he worm. He doesn't like the worm. And, and that was the argument, <laughs> and we were going to fight over it because, anyway, my, my point is he, he's a tough guy. He's a leader. He's a humble guy. And uh, BYU should be so thankful and happy to have them as their leader. Having a lot of fun down here at JCW's. The crowd is pouring in. Will Snowden is kind of a celebrity down here, high-fiving and, and uh, taking in the fans, and it's pretty sweet. It's fun to watch. Well, Talon Shumway just walked in here. Oh, nice. I mean, Talon Shumway's here. I mean, he, he's a legend. The he's goat. Been here forever. The goat. The I mean, lone peak goat. Forever. But, but let's talk a little bit real quickly about the, the food. Because you, you, we've talked about the burgers, but I, I just saw, I just saw. Did you, how were the fish and chips? Did you have them today? Uh, yeah, I did. I had the fish and chips. What's funny was I started to second guess myself, so I got the blue cheese, the bacon blue cheeseburger, and then you went back, and then I was like. You know, I think I can sneak in the fish and chips. So I did. I did. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it, Courtney here. My wife is here with us, and uh, she had a, she got a, just a sandwich today, the turkey Swiss. Absolutely delicious. Really good sandwich. So the burgers are flipping out, out here on the grill, and we got the fries, and we got the wings, and we got the shakes and the drinks and everything that are rolling out. And uh, like, like, like Will just mentioned, Talon Shumway just stopping by um, to grab a burger as well. So it's really a fun time down here. And it's just it's fun, man. It's fun to see these BYU fans coming together. So much excitement, you know, in, in what's going on right now with BYU football. 
back-to-back victories over Power 5 schools, an SEC win against Tennessee in Neyland Stadium in overtime, in double overtime, a win against USC that just got done beating Stanford, a Pac-12 team that looked like they had a lot of uh, talent and a lot of excitement rolling, and they come into Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and BYU knocks them off in overtime. This is a great time to be a BYU fan. This, this is the pinnacle. Like, like, like Alima said on Friday, this is the pinnacle of BYU independence. Oh, it has to be. The biggest games on the primetime TV spots, and this is when you should be having a lot of fun as a BYU fan. Zach Wilson and Tyson Williams took the podium after this game. Let's hear from them. Exactly. So back-to-back overtime wins for you guys. Uh, what, what's been the secret to being so successful as a team in overtime? Uh, I just was attributed to the fight that this team has. <clears throat> no matter the score, no matter uh, the time that's left on the clock, um, this team just keeps fighting and keeps fighting. And um, it's just, it's just, uh, it's great just to be a part of a team like this. Take us through watching that last play from the sideline. You know the defense. The interception. Yeah. Man, it was crazy. I just remember thinking in my head, like, right before the play, man, how great would it be to have a turnover and just end the game right here? And, you know, I made a great play. Um, I don't know who was on the who was on the uh, receiver that was able to tip the ball up, but, uh, you know, great job by our defense. So proud of those guys. What's that moment like when you know, hey, we've done it again, and then you have to wait through the replay to make sure it happened? Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things you're uh, – you're still in that game mode. So even when you see the pick, you know, you're, you're still thinking about, well, well can, is that it? Like, is, is that game? And, you know, you don't start celebrating yet. You see everyone come on the field, and, you know, they always got to review it. And so there's always that split second of, of you know what, is, is, is game over yet? What did you make of the students rushing the field? Oh man, that was crazy! I've never been anything, I've been a part of anything like it. So it was just a great, a great time because I know they were excited, just like how we were. So just to share that moment with them, it's, it was great. How about you, Zach? Did you celebrate with the fans a little bit? Yeah, I was. I was actually getting like destroyed by the fans. They taking some harder hits in there than I was in the game. So um, I tried to get out of there pretty quick. But. Zach, talk about what it's like to get a win like this at home and we're in front of the BYU fans and BYU student section. It's huge, man. I mean, this is such a big win for us. You know, it's it's like I always say, it's easy to it's easy to go into Monday learning off of a win, right? I mean, we still got so many things we got to get better on, but the fact that we got a win is huge. And, you know, I'm so, so proud of the team for battling. Tyson, is it the number? Because you ended the game last week and you ended the game this week. Is it something to do with the number? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't big know. time players, man. Yeah. Both of those guys are yeah. big time players, man. Yeah, I just, uh, like I say, Dine's a great player. And then, you know, we just all just try to work. Uh, we don't we don't really uh, ask for it, but, you know, if the play comes, so you got to make it. <clears throat> Zach, the last couple of weeks, there's been a parallel. It seems like the defense making a big play jump starts you, you and the offense respond in turn and make a big play. Do those guys help you kind of get your feet wet and get the adrenaline rushing and, and get you going? Yeah, man. I mean, it's not just us. It's, it's the crowd. It gets the crowd going. It gets the guys on the sideline going. And so, you know, kind of just flip that momentum back on our side. And that was kind of what we needed. That pitch play you guys used today, is that something you guys saw in the film? Or is that something you've had in the offense already? We are, the, the toss play to Tyson. The toss, yeah. We, I mean, we've already had everything. Yeah. That's the best part is we're doing, we're doing what we can do and we're not adjusting too much about what other people are doing. Yeah. So. Tyson, your mom wasn't able to, to attend the game due to work duties. Uh, yeah. She serves in the military. What would you like to say to Natasha? Um, I know she was tuned in, so um, I, have, I, I probably have to give her a call. But, I mean, I love her, and I know she's back home supporting and watching me. Zach, uh, when, when the offense got down there inside the town, USC gets the fourth down stop, and they go 92 yards to 
to get the go-ahead touchdown. What was kind of the going through the minds of the guys on offense when you got back out there? I mean, what, what was kind of your mindset after that going down seven points? Yeah, just knowing, um, you know, just knowing we can make plays against these guys. Super talented team, but you know, no matter what happens giving up a touchdown or momentum's on their side, whatever it is, you know, we, we know what we're capable of as an offense and we know we can make plays rushing, passing the ball, whatever it is. And so we just got to how to do what we had to do. Do you feel like as an offense you made pretty significant strides from week two against Tennessee, week three against USC? Yeah, I mean, I thought we did well, but there's, you know, there's always so many things to get better on. I mean, I got so many things I, I missed in that game that I, I can improve on. I'm sure Ty feels the same way. And so, you know, Glad we came out with the W, but it's a great learning experience for us too. Zach, take us through that 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 final chunk yardage play where you were, you were able to find Gunnar Romney, extend the play, keep on downfield. Yeah, I, I just remember looking for my over route, and uh, we had some pressure coming up from the right side, and um, you know I was able to get away from it a little bit, and I just remember looking up and seeing seeing the post runner Gunnar was wide open. It's honestly a terrible throw, but it was a great job by him coming back and, and high point. And it was a huge play in the game. I was happy for Gunner that he was able to come come down with that catch. On that third down run, they stopped you just short. It looked like you struggled to get up a little bit. Were you just a little nicked, or what was? What? I just had you know like when you get knee in the in the calf or in the thigh, and you got one of those little deep bruises. I, I got hit in the, and it got hit right in the butt, my left butt cheek, and you know, my leg was dead. So I was just taking my time. Last question for these guys: touchdown run in the fourth. I don't know if you addressed this already. Did you was that a design quarterback draw? Yeah. Did you see something? Yeah, great play call. I mean, we had uh, almost almost everyone in the secondary out of the box, and um, you know we had routes tagged, and you know it's kind of um, take what they give us, and and on that one uh, we had a perfect design to to have the quarterback run it up the middle. There you go, great stuff from Zach Wilson and Tyson Williams. After this game goes final, BYU get the win, 30-27. to 27. And, Will, I feel like we've really milked this thing, man. I think we've pushed it as far as we can push it. Let's open up the phone lines. A lot of BYU fans still stuck in traffic. Will and I are going to hang out with you, take some phone calls. We're here at JCW's. Come down, have a burger with us. 855-960-ZONE. Get those phone lines ringing. Let's take some questions. Let's take some thoughts. See how the BYU fan feels about this win. That's all coming up next on your BYU Post Game Show. 97.5, 12 at the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Show on 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. This is a 43-yard try to get BYU some points here in overtime. And it's good. The Cougars lead it, 30-27. USC needs a field goal to tie, a touchdown to win. If they're stopped, BYU takes the victory. Yeah, great job by Old Rule. Going to throw, zips it. There you go, uh, BYU post game. Come over here, Courtney, and hang out with us. BYU post game live at JCW's here in the Plum Tree Shopping Center in Provo. 97.5, 12 into the zone. It is your BYU post game show. A lot of fun. Big thanks to Jason Anderson, former BYU offensive tackle, former New England Patriots offensive tackle, stopping by, giving us some insight. Big thank you to Kalani Satake, Zach Wilson, and Tyson Williams for joining us in, in that post-game audio. Big thank you to the listeners that have come around JCWs, but now it's time to get back out to those phone lines. 
take some phone calls. Get some ideas, some questions. Um, if you've got a comment on the game, it, whatever your thought might be, we're here to answer those questions or just hear you express your emotion. The way you give it a, get, get a hold of us, 855-960-ZONE. Let's go out to Daniel. Daniel, thank you for waiting patiently. Sorry we made you wait so long. We had a lot we had to get to. But, Daniel, go ahead. Take your time and enjoy it, man. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, I, I love the program, so I was willing to wait the, the, the 40 minutes here. I love the analysis. It really does make uh, traffic bearable on I-15, like you said. Um, so my question is about Matt Bushman specifically, because uh, you remember during the preseason, all the talk was about how Bushman is this NFL caliber tight end talent, and he's going to be the secret weapon, and people predicted he would lead the team in receiving yards and so forth. But that really hasn't been the case in this offense, and hasn't really been like a focal point. So do you think the coaching staff is not using him enough? Or do you think, uh, you know, it's good the way it is and don't fix what ain't broke, kind of? Well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, go ahead, man. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are. Well, at the end of the day, it comes down to you've got to take what they give you. Um, I, I can assure you that, that they're going to look at the film and think, how many how many targets did he have? How many catches did he have? And they know they need to do more to get him the ball. And that's something that, I, you know, sometimes the flow of the game just doesn't go the way you 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 drew it up so there's no question that they're not going away from matt bushman um i think what they're doing is taking what the defense gives you and Matt bushman is going to be someone that actually he, he is a guy that that demands a lot of attention and people are going to be looking to him so you've got to go other guys have to make big plays it's like being the opposite receiver from a great receiver you're going they're going to roll coverage over to the other receiver so that uh, that backside receiver is going to get a lot of opportunities so no need to panic about bushman he will his targets will go up but it's going to be it's going to be something that they they probably have to get a little bit more creative i i want to see bushman with his hand in the dirt a little bit as well i think they should bring him in and put his hand on the dirt i think you can get him get him some ball get him some balls get him get him some balls in space so i think they're going to figure out a way to get him the ball more but yes when it's not broke you don't fix it but i don't think they're going in with the game plan like hey let's not get him the ball the game plan is to get him the ball but you go with the flow well there are going to be games too where he does explode like you might play toledo toledo may be looking at Moroni Laulu-Putu. Moroni Laulu-Putu had two catches for 36 yards and looked great tonight. So, you know, going into Washington, Washington's going to have to look at him and say, well, this is a big dude, and this is a big matchup. How are we going to slow this guy down? Yeah. And then you start to look, and Toledo might do the same. Eventually, Matt Bushman's going to go four to six catches for 80 to 120 yards. Yeah, he'll, he'll, have, a, he'll have a big breakout game. But right now, I, I, I want to look at it and see what how many targets he have left tonight. Two? Not a lot. Well, he only had one, one reception. Catch. I don't and, know how many targets. Maybe 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 only two. I, I just, you know, at the, you know, you have to I don't to remember look at him it. missing a catch. No, he, and he didn't. And, you know, and they could probably do more. I, I hear what you're saying here, but I don't think that it's they're saying, hey, we're going away from him. You got to go with what the what what the defense gives you, and also now last year it was a little bit different. You did not have a Tyson Williams in the backfield. You did not have an Asuka in the backfield. Guys who have a lot of experience playing big time football. So I think the biggest thing that you'll see is they're going to stick with running the ball a little bit more. I think that they proved that tonight, and if, if and no question that they're going to need to soften up that defense from Washington next week with a with a little bit of run, but. I will say this. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give any, any any ideas, but I do think that next week um, you will see our quarterback throw for the most yards he's thrown for this year. 
against Washington. Against Washington. Uh, what legit? I mean, obviously, we'll get into big it. time teams. We'll, and stuff, it's a but. big time team, but they're going to have to. But also, I think that Washington has a lot to prepare for this week. There's a lot to prepare for. They've, you've got guys. This is a hard film to break down and just identify how you're going to stop all these weapons. So I do think that I think he'll throw for a little bit more than he did this week. Zach Wilson, nearly 300 yards tonight. So really nice night for Zach Wilson. Man, he was so good too. And that quarterback draw was so beautiful 15 or 20 yards in fact i'll give you the exact number it was a 16 yard draw that he ran right up usc's gut and he didn't even change off his direction oh no it was just gut and then threw his shoulder down and it showed a lot of heart to get into the end zone the guts just guts and one thing about that run that i like we can talk about him but how about you you got to give up give it up to to aaron roderick we don't talk to talk about roderick enough uh and and what he does for this program and uh what coach grimes draw what a great time to draw that up and those things are getting set up throughout the game that that play was getting set up throughout the game he had that on his play script and he knew he was going to run it and he called it at the perfect time which ended in a touchdown 855-960-ZONE to jump on the postgame show with us. Dave, you're up next with Will Snowden. Go ahead, Dave. Great. Hi. Love the game. Love BYU and, and uh, the success. I had one question thinking overall. Um, I, I, it's interesting the conversation we're just having because it feels like that the offense, that the air uh our passing attack, actually, I don't know if it's personnel or scheme, but it's not as potent as it could be or should be. I wanted to get your thoughts on, is it simply a matter of personnel or, uh, you know, when it comes to big chart, you know, big yardage gains or third down conversions or end zone, it just feels like our passing attack, even though he gets 300 yards, it's not quite what it should be to really play at the big levels. Want to get your thoughts on that. Will? <laughs> You have to take what they give them. I mean, so our, our air attack, I, I think it's effective. I think it's getting better each week. You saw a lot of RPO, right? You've seen a lot of the RPO, and I think they're settling in. I'm getting a – my biggest concern this year, guys, has been I didn't understand BYU's identity. Anytime you look at a team, you have to look at their – what is their identity? What Offensively, defensively, who are we? What are we trying to accomplish? Are they defining it yet? And I think they're defining it. I, I, I think that you're going to see a, a, a more run-heavy team, and they're going to take their shots and, and, and be very smart with throwing the ball. The reality is we have very solid receivers, but we do have a, a, a group of receivers that are a lot alike. They're, it's not like they're barn burners where they're going to – you know, they're just speed guys who can really stretch the field. So I think you're going to see those shots taken at the right time. You've got to soften the defense. And for us to be effective throwing the ball down the field, we have to be effective running the ball. And that's why you'll see these opportunities like the – I mean, you can, dump, you can dump the ball down the field and be effective. I mean, I know that fans, we might not love that. But at the end of the day, Micah Simon broke off a – I don't know how long his run was, but that was just a little dump, just yeah, a little check down. And, and he's rolling up the sideline. Mm-hmm. We have to take what they're giving you. And also, guys, you have to understand, when you play a team like Washington, you play a team like USC, you play a team like U- Utah, no matter what we're saying, they have dudes on the defensive side of the ball, particularly in the secondary. Those guys can run, and they're not easy guys to run by. So you have to be very you have to be very smart with how you call the game. And really, we want to control the time of the, the, the clock. It doesn't need to be a track meet. We're not running 100-meter sprints. Slow the game down with our Clydesdales, 
and let our big boys up front move the guys off the off the ball, beat them up, tire them up, and then uh, take your shots when you need to. You know, when I look at a box score and I see that Zach Wilson had 11 targets, 11 different targets, he hit 11 different players on the field. So that tells me exactly what you're saying. He's taking what is being given to him. Yeah. He's not focusing. You could really get caught in thinking Matt Bushman every play. And, and let me stop you real quick. Hands, at the end of the game, we're watching the game, and I said they're going to throw a pick. He's going to throw a pick over the middle of the field, the freshman. So you, you, what, we, what we have to look at is say, we don't. Zach is proving his maturity. He's not forcing the ball. The last thing we want Zach doing is forcing passes. His first game against Utah, he threw two picks, two pick sixes, and should have thrown three. Since then, how many interceptions has he thrown? Zero. He's protecting the ball and putting BYU in a position to win. We have to win, and the coaches have been very clear with them, protect the ball. Protect the ball. Take your shots when you can take your shots. If it's not there, take off and run. You're an athletic kid, and if it, or dump the ball. Ch- check it down. He did a great job with it. 855 Z-O-N-E to jump on the post-game show with us. That's 855-960-ZONE if you want to jump on the post-game. If you got some comments about this BYU football team or some questions, we got some open phone lines, so feel free to call us. That's 855-960-ZONE. We're live at JCW's. How was the steak sandwich? Delicious. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I really did. So fresh. And that Texas toast. And the, what, what is that? Is that a piece of ribeye? It's a ribeye steak. And it's uh, kind of a, it's a, a, a thin thicker, a thicker, uh, thicker layer of mayo. Is that like mayo top? Is that? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it goes with the mayo. Um, a, a nice mayo. Just only mayo on it with, with you know, the fresh lettuce. That's so always so crispy and cold. It's really here. good. Isn't it? Yeah. And then the, 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 a nice tomato. You look at it and you just, and I, you know, you pick it up. It's a big. It's a big sandwich. You look yeah. at it, hands, and you just think to yourself, "It's hearty." It's hearty, and, yeah. and it's the, like I talked about the delivery of the food. You know, you go to a lot of places and they deliver your food, and you're like, "Man, I, I saw the commercial and I was excited, and, and now I lame. get here and this is this is ridiculous." Why I don't do I even see a jalapeno on this burger. It, exactly. Yeah. And, and now you come to you come here and you got great service. Everything is just perfect. Have here. you ever tried the jalapeno burger here? Of course. I, I haven't wandered into that territory. Is it a fried jalapeno or is it like a fresh cut it's a fresh saute? Cut, uh, fresh cut. Fresh cut. Is it a saute? No, is, no, it, no. is it a hot? No, 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 no. It's cold. Yeah. But once it sinks into that cheese into the burger. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so they melt some cheese on top of it? Oh, melt the cheese right in. And, and I mean, flavorful. I love a jalapeno burger. I did knock down a small cheese fry. You did? Yeah. So did I, 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 after I knocked down. Some fish and chips. That was right after I knocked down the bacon blue cheeseburger. Now, so let me tell you what but I, I did go with a small shake tonight. Yeah, I did, didn't go large. But what kind of shake did you go with? I, I don't want to talk to you because I, I got away from my Will Snowden. You did. Yeah. Was it a vanilla base no, or a chocolate I did, base? No, I did the chocolate base with a big old scoop of peanut butter mixed in and Reese's peanut butter cup. It's just to me, it's protein. It's meal. <laughs> It That's sits. True. It sits like I just. It, it sits like I just swallowed a, a ground up piece of beef. Well, tonight I went with the, with a the Snowden, but I'm thinking about changing it up. I'm gonna go with a brownie. I think I'm gonna change it up to a fresh banana brownie in cookie dough. Is that too much? No, I don't think you can go wrong with that. It sounds delightful. Chocolate with a, Would you go with a chocolate base or a vanilla? I go a vanilla base on something like that. 
Okay. Right. I mean, but you can switch it up and try it different. Well, you know, I'm sitting here getting messages. My brother's listening in back home, and, and this guy, man, he, he, he's a BYU junkie. He really is. He played for the University of Colorado in the heydays, mm-hmm. played for the Broncos, and he's just overly impressed with what he saw today from BYU. Well, the run game, he, he's, he loves the young gun Wilson. He just can't stop saying things about it. I'm excited for him. Well, th- this is the tough thing for you and I, Will. Like, I'm looking at the job that Fessy Sataki did with his receivers. Think about this. Now, you're not, and, and I know Talon's probably within earshot, but I think Talon could look at himself in a mirror and say, all right, I'm not a 3-3-2 three, three, speed receiver. No, that's not who I am. Yeah, I, I know, I know what, I'm in, what I am. And it's the same across the board. But you find a way to get your receivers. For instance, Zach finds himself in a scramble, splits the rush, comes and stands right back in the pocket, and I can't remember who it was that was standing in the middle of the field, and Zach puts it on a line. That was Romney. Big catch. It was was Romney, and Romney goes up high and brings that thing down. Sure hands it. I didn't see a lot of drop catches tonight. Oh, no. Think about how big that was. Well, it's very big, but but when when your quarterback's a dime dropper, he's dropping dimes. He's putting it where you have to catch it. I mean, there wasn't a lot of room, but they were dialed in. And when you see see things like drops and and, and, and just mental mistakes, that's where you can go and attack coaching because the coach's job is to, they can't can't play for you, but they can get you prepared mentally. Kalani and his staff just did a wonderful job this week preparing these guys to play against a juggernaut. USC, I don't want to hear anyone, oh, it's SC. SC will come ready to, when Utah gets to SC next week, SC will be ready to play. Mm-hmm. Now, do I pick, and they're going to have their, have their hands full with the University of Utah, but they will be ready to play. They This game's going to shake and hurt for a minute. It's going to really hurt. They're on that plane really thinking about Right, and, and we'll know, see what, what happens happened. with this staff. Yep, yep. We really could see a change. Really? I, I don't see it to hands. I, you know, I think they're going to keep him there because if you don't have an AD to come and fire him, yeah. what, what, no, what are you going to do? Let, let, so, so what uh, you, until you replace your until AD, you replace your AD, I don't know if you're going to replace your coach. I think I don't coach. think you're going to replace your coach. That just yeah. that just throws everything out of whack, and they still have a chance in a at a Pac-12 Pac- trial. Well, trial. Helton's under a lot of pressure. Well, well you can see it. Well, we'll see what he can do in that week getting ready for Utah. I, I don't know how this impacts that Utah game. I mean, look, you you take them to overtime, and USC exhausts themselves trying to win that. game game i think it really worked out well and i think that byu put a nice game plan on the on the field what they did defensively and the windows they shut down the zones that they played the interceptions that they came up with the batted balls that they came up with i think there were three batted balls at the line and two batted balls at the second line of defense man those are as good as sacks i've always taught my guys i've always been taught as a defensive lineman if we bat a ball i'm counting that as a sack yeah really if, I, if you bat a ball, I'm counting as a sack because it's it's the same result. It's a loss of down. It is no yards gained, and it's exactly what we need. And when we were talking about shutting down windows, that's what we needed to see. I think Kairos exactly. Tonga was the first one that batted a ball out of the air. Oh, yeah, just like it was a piece of horse meat. Man, you know, I, he said he loves the horse did. meat. Did I, you I, see him on? Did you hear him on yeah, that? Yeah, I did. I mean, listen, I was turned off a little horse. bit. I was a little turned off. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a lover of animals, yeah. and, and just eating a horse, just but but know what. If but he, what if it's roasted the right way? Would you smoke it? If you, you know you like to smoke your food. I would smoke my horse. Would You would smoke it? Yeah. How long do you think you would throw it under there? It'd be an eight to nine hour smoke. What Probably kind of, 220 degrees. Really? And I'd do applewood. you do applewood? Yeah. But what would your rub be? I'd, I'd do a, I would do it probably similar to a pork rub. Yeah. Maybe kind of a high concentrate rub. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of ground pepper. 
Yeah. It might salt it heavy, too. Really? Oh, I'm trying to work some flavor into that horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm, when I get a chance to sit down with Kairos, and, and I want to know what it takes. What, what is the flavor? I mean, it seems like it would be tough. I don't know. It just it doesn't appeal well, to me he, at all. He loved it. He broke it down as if it was the most succulent food that this world has ever. Like, it was awesome. Like, you know, I love the way Kairos Tonga played tonight. I, I was b- beyond impressed with his motor. He, I'm telling you, the guy wants to get paid, and he got paid today. Trust me, hands. When they look at the film, the scouts are drooling. You look yeah, at a guy are. that big coming off the ball with that type of force, you're drooling. There were a couple times that he was in the backfield with his head down, could have made a play with his head up, but he was so he had so much momentum moving forward. It was almost like he was trying to catch himself because <laughs> he was getting past the play at times. Yeah, yeah. A couple of those plays yeah. that, that, that went for a bit in the middle, yeah. it, he was in the backfield, but he was just past the play yeah. and doing so much damage. There is a, Right now, there is a USC center either sitting on a bus or on the tarmac or in an airplane right now wondering if he wants to play football anymore. Do you think he ate his meal? You know, you no, know he did not eat his meal. Because I've been in a game before, hey, yeah. I have to tell you. I felt like, I, you know, I got off the, you know, you get off, you get in the locker room, you shower up, you put your gear on, and your, your meal's there. And, and have you ever just played to a point where you just look in the mirror and you realize you don't even deserve that? Meal? <laughs> yeah, I do. My yes. freshman year against the University of Washington, I played so terrible. I but but uh, I had three tackles. I played running back. <laughs> so first off, we got our tails kicked. That's not a good. But, but I had three tackles uh, through the interceptions, and then I was just just Jason Chorak was on the end. He was coming off. I was supposed to be helping block, and I, I got in the locker room and I looked in the mirror and I and I was ashamed of myself, and I I didn't eat my meal. That's how I punished myself. Uh, and did it help? Well, no, did you, I was did you still learn hungry. from your mistakes? I was still I was extra hungry when I got home, so so I had to spend a little money I didn't have. So I, so I learned from that. But what we used to we used to get some chicken, some fried chicken, and some mashed potatoes. And yeah, uh, not what these kids are getting these days. I'll tell you, yeah. we we get the KFC box several times, uh, and the biscuit would be a little bit cold and dry. And I remember thinking, man, this kind of sucks. What did we the, get? The, the NFL drink? was nice, man. We oh. get some hot Philly subs that were wrapped in tin foil. Yeah, and then we get shrimp cocktail. You did? Yeah. The NFL did it right. What kind of drink did you have? Was it Powerade, Gatorade? I always knocked back a fully loaded Coke. Really? I'd always knock back a fully loaded Coke. Would that be uh, in a can or just a bottle or what? Uh, that was in a can, and it was always ice cold. Condensation on the outside. Congratulations. Nearly frozen. Kind of a little slush in the Yeah, middle. we always had the Powerade is what we had here in, in college. I, like I wasn't in the NFL uh NFL roster or anything like that, but I'm glad you had that, that experience. Well, what, wait, one question I have yeah, about your meals. What about in, in, uh, when you were playing in the uh, AFL? AFL. AFL was pizzas. Really? Yep. It was always a whole large pizza. He's got a pizza. Yep. Typically a pizza. I won't give uh, any. I won't give any any pub to the pizza that we got, but it was typically a pizza. Yeah, I didn't mind pizza? that. Yeah. I throw it together like a sandwich and eat eat two pizzas. Oh yeah. I always like that. Good for you. But there's a center for USC right now that's hungry on a plane thinking, <laughs> I don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope he's not listening to me because he does deserve and it. He's getting, and he's getting a call. His mom is now calling and like, Shane, what, what happened? And Shane's like, 
Mom, my guard was supposed to come down and slam down on that guy. He left me high and dry. You know what? That's I, I don't Jimmy's even think fault. he's even answering. I, I, I just wanted to answer because, I mean, he was up against a man today, and I have nothing but respect hey. for him. I told you every man should be beat like that some, some t- once in his life, and, and he took a beating, and Kairos Tonga was, his, it w- was the person who gave it to him. Hey, do you remember after games, do you remember mom or, or dad in the conversation of, so, honey, what, what happened? Yeah, I've been asked that question before. Oh, man, it was always brutal. After that Virginia game, you remember the Virginia game we played at Lavelle Edwards yeah, Stadium? Yeah. I think it was like 54-52 or something ridiculous. Yeah. Thomas Jones ran all over me. Yeah. He took me for an eight-yard jog. Yeah, I remember. You are on his back. Yeah, I was on his back for eight and yards. And you're an Olsen. Oh, it, dude. You're it, an Olsen. I'm looking for like a club to try to take him down. I'm like, somebody throw me an axe. I've got to, I didn't know how to get this guy down. So afterwards, my mom had seen me go on this ride, and she had seen me get blown up, and she saw us get – my mom came up, and she's like, so what happened in that game? And I, it's the only time I think my mom's ever heard me say the F word. Really? Yeah, that's how ashamed I am. Here I am 24 years after that, and I still can't live it down. I'm so horrified. But that's, you know, that's the type of hurt that these games cause. Yeah, I mean, I've, no. had, some, I've, had, some, I've, I've had some things really uh, challenge my – you know, my whole existence. You really so so. I want to see how he bounces back well, next week. Fatea, Kairos Tonga, Kairos Tonga, and my uh, and Mahe, those three guys. I, I I'm going to wait till film to give my official game ball. But my initial give would be to Kairos. But then I think, wait a second, that was a three man rotation. One guy that was on the field all day long, and you just kept seeing him everywhere, and he ended up with that interception that iced it. Was dying on local. Uh, come on, I mean, he's how got do you get? How do you get away from handing that man the ball and just saying, "Hey, Dian, jeez, you did it." Wow. I mean, he's playing like a man, and he's playing like a guy who's wanting a shot, too, at that next level. He doesn't come off the field. Last week I saw this. You know, you know, uh, Coach Guilford sent in, a cor- sent in another corner to give him a breath. And, he, you know, the kid got all the way to the middle of the field, and Dian told him to get lost. That lets you know that he, this dude is serious about his business. He's serious about leading this team. He's done a great job. What a great leader. So happy for him and really happy for Kalani Sataki and his staff. Um, we've now been on a couple hours here, Will, and I think we need to put a wrap on this. Uh, you know, we're still loaded with calls and banked, and JCW's is still packed, and we're having a fun. But I think it's time to put a wrap on this. It is. Give me some final thoughts on Zach Wilson's play. Give me some final thoughts on the, the, the coaching staff's game plan that they put together, and then give me some final thoughts, how you wrap this up now and move on to Washington. Well, number one, I, my hat is I, I, I'm proud to be alumni of BYU today playing for that, for, for that team. Kalani just done. I, I can't say enough about what the coaches did to prepare these guys to play this team. They, they, they came out. They, they, they were the better team today. They did not get lucky today. They beat these guys handedly. They was a tough fight. It was a tough fight, and uh, BYU came out on top. As far as Zach Wilson, the future is extremely bright, bright with him at the helm. There's no question about it. Um, obviously, his relationship with Kalani. You heard Kalani in the post game t- telling him, you know. <laughs> how much he loves him and 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 guess what he loves him deeply 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, the future is very bright with Zach. Um, you know I'm still a big Tyson Williams fan. I want him to eat. I want him to be fed every week. He needs 20-plus carries. And if BYU will do that, it's going to make Zach's job so much easier. It's going to make the receiver's job so much e- easier. It's going to make everything open up, and that's what I expect, and I expect him to put that together. As far as the game plan, defensively, the defensive coaches did a wonderful job preparing their guys. They, they It was big don't break they dropped eight all game they played some cover six where they're playing man on one side zone on the other they confused the quarterback they were in the they were in the lanes and the quarterback couldn't make a decision a lot of the times and he made some great great throws he made some great great throws but just wasn't enough Moving forward to Washington, you're going to get a top-level team with speed. Um, they're big up front. They play. They're very well coached. The Cougars are going to have their hand full, their hands full. Um, but I do think that BYU will be in that game again. I can't wait to get my predictions next week after I spend some time really breaking these guys down. But they've got to come to Cougar Stadium. Uh, sorry, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And uh, I know the fans are going to come out. There should be a lot of excitement uh, about around what they're doing and. Uh, Let's get it on. There you go. That's uh, former BYU running back, owner and operator of Alpha Recruits. If you're a young athlete out there and you need some help in the offseason, increasing your vertical, increasing your 40 time, getting the recruiting that you're looking for, looking for that scholarship, Will Snowden does that in training, runs a fantastic operation. Actually, his wife does it. But Will (laughs) is definitely an assistant in the whole business. Courtney is the mastermind behind it all. But they run a fantastic operation helping kids and youth and football players here in the state of Utah. And he does, of course, a great job in the BYU pre- and post-game show. As far as I'm concerned, I cannot wait for Football Fridays. Alima Harrington and Coach Ron McBride, I can't wait to get things kicked off on Monday. I want to remind everybody that Scott Gerard, Lloyd Cole, and myself, we put together the Morning After podcast that is recorded at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. It's released by about 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning. It's kind of a full day of football recap for the state of Utah. So you can hear that by searching Hanson Scotty on your podcast provider. You can get your post-game show by searching... uh, the Zone Network on your podcast provider and searching BYU inside that podcast provider will have the full post-game show in its entirety. You can hear all the sound, all the calls, all the coaches, all the, the, the conversations we had with Jason Anderson and much more in that post-game. You can find that on the podcast. So please go out there, get those things podcasted, look up that audio, have some fun, and enjoy this weekend, BYU fans. This is the pinnacle of BYU independence. It, this is as good as it gets for BYU independence. USC, 130 kick on ABC, an overtime win, coming off of a Tennessee double overtime win. Wow. I hope that you guys are enjoying it. I hope that you understand the work that Kalani Satake and his staff is putting into it. Are you not entertained? I, I hope that you understand how difficult it is to game plan against these teams, to keep this team up and ready from week to week after that opening loss to your rival at Utah. It really is an incredible performance by this coaching staff, a gutty performance by Zach Wilson, a really fun performance to see a transfer like Tyson Williams coming and do it. And, uh, and Will, I'm excited, man, to carry out the rest of the season with you. Uh, me too. I, I'm just so grateful, man, and excited for everything. I'm excited to go back to work. Let's get it going. That's how it is after big victory. Make sure you keep it tuned to 1280 The Zone, Monday at 6 a.m., kicking it off with DJ and PK, taking you all the way through to the big show. 
That's all right here on the Zone Network, 97.5, 12 to the Zone in the Zone Sports Network.